from Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 2 um, and ending at verse 11. And you can find that on page 986 of your Bibles, page 986. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, will prepare the way before you. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Well, in case uh, you're wondering, I am not Iona. Iona was down to preach, but very sadly, she was struck by a lurgy uh, yesterday and, uh, and rang up, well, Simon rang up to say that she uh, wasn't able to come. So I'm very sorry, I do apologise. But I have got her sermon and it's not going to be as trendy as, as hers or use illustrations that were uh, as powerful as hers. But one of the things that was incredibly striking to me was uh, a film clip that, uh, that Iona had brought for this sermon that I think speaks really powerfully. And we're going to show it in a moment, thanks to Johnny. Um, she said, he t- writes that in January 2007, the Washington Post did an experiment and filmed the reactions of commuters at a subway station who stopped to listen to the music of a violinist. And here's the film clip. See what you make of it. We have the lights. question is, does anybody know who was playing? Can anybody guess the... Stephen? Joshua Bell. Now those of you who have a, a, a bit of a grasp of, of music will know that Joshua Bell 
is perhaps one of the greatest concert violinists in the world, playing his $3.5 million Stradivarius. <laughs> Three days earlier, he had been playing to a sellout audience at the Boston Symphony Hall with people playing uh, uh, at least $100 a seat to hear him playing similar pieces. And there he was playing for 45 minutes and only seven people stopped and one person recognized him. I think it tells us that expectation is such a key factor in our lives. Expectation allows us to enter into the significance of what has, is happening or what is about to happen. And for John the Baptist, expectation was huge. It was an expectation that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the one who was to come to save Israel, to, to rescue people from their sin and to enable people to begin again in a new way. But those hopes, those expectations were becoming more and more tested as time went on. He had become victim of Herod's vicious squashing of anything that came against him. You remember he opposed Herod and the morality of his family and had been put in prison and was awaiting execution. And he sent one of his, some of his disciples to go to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? The answer that Jesus gave was very, very telling. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor, and blessed is anyone who does not fall away on account of me. John's disciples go back and report that to him in prison. And on the one hand, John would have thought, yes, these are the things that the Messiah does when he comes. And his heart must have been filled with praise because he knew his life wasn't going to be given in vain. And yet he would have known the source of that quote that Jesus made, Isaiah 61, where the description of those things that the coming Messiah would bring were written. He would have known, however, that there was one line from that prophecy that was missing in Jesus' description. That one that said, the prisoners will be released and those held captive set free. I wonder why Jesus didn't include that in his words or I don't know whether the messengers forgot to put it there or we don't really know. But the fact was that is not included in what Jesus 
words back to John were recorded as saying. But what Jesus did say was this, blessed is anyone who does not fall away on account of me. What do you think John was needing to try and learn through this time in prison? Could it be that Jesus was wanting to prepare him for the fact that he wasn't going to be set free? That his prayers, his hopes, his expectations of the Messiah coming and opening the doors of his prison and enabling him to be one of those captives released wouldn't be happening? John was being asked to know the blessing of being a person who does not fall away, does not lose commitment, connection to Christ, even though that which he had hoped for wasn't going to happen. And that is the cost of being a disciple, something of what it means to carry your cross. Because our hopes aren't always met. Our expectations aren't always realized. And sometimes we feel in a real fog about what is happening. It's hard for us sometimes to recognize what God is doing in situations where there is suffering, where there is confusion, and where there is cruelty. But isn't that what Jesus' life was all about? What about the expectation of the coming of Jesus himself? The Messiah, the Anointed One, then born in a stable, <laughs> in a cave, with all the muck and all the poverty that was there. Jesus, the Messiah, then being driven into exile, becoming a refugee with all those countless people fleeing for their lives from the cruelty of Herod. And then perhaps the greatest expectation of triumph becoming totally confusing in the Christ hanging on the cross. Where were people's expectations then? The final, complete overturn of expectations came, didn't it, on that third day, when the death of the one they had seen as the one who they had hoped would save Israel became dead in a cave, only to be released by the power of God's love, and on the third day rise again. Christ is the one who defies all our expectations, who is seen in unexpected places, who is enabling us to discover him in ways that would never ever have thought possible. And in our daily lives, in our everyday living, we are as disciples seeking to learn to live a life that expects to see the unexpected. Learning to live the life that expects to see God in unexpected places. And to ask the question, what is God doing here? 
rather than why is this happening to me? Now, Iona isn't here, but we are really thrilled that Susie Dobson is. It's just great to have Susie back with us again from South Africa. And uh, Susie is uh, going to be sharing with us just a couple of things about what happened to her there, especially around this theme of how we learn to see God in ways that we weren't expecting him. So Susie, just great to have you back. And we're so thrilled. We've been praying for you as a church. And uh, I'm sure your parents and brother are incredibly thankful that you are here in one piece. But can you tell us just briefly what was the most important thing that you learnt about your time in South Africa with Tia Fund? Um, there's a lot of things that I learnt, so I don't know if I can really narrow it down to the most important. Um, but I think one of the most important things I learnt was just about simplicity and living with, with very little and how actually you really don't need, you don't need running water to have a good life. You don't need, <laughs> genuinely, like, you can get along without, okay. without running water in your house. Um, and yeah, having a bucket bath every day, like actually I don't need all the things that I have. Um, and yeah, you, you learn to lot, trust God a lot in that, which was really good. That's quite a, a change of our expectations. <laughs> I, I would expect to be able to have a bath and so would Sean expect me to be having a bath. You still have a bath, it's just in a bucket. It's just in a bucket, okay. So that straight away has blown our expectations. What what did you, uh, you know, with the eyes of your heart, as it were, Mm. St. Paul talks about it, how did you sort of see God at work in unexpected places? Um, Well, I mean, I didn't really have any expectations of the trip because it was so vague what we were doing. (laughs) But um, I think one expected way that I saw God work was actually we had to, a member of our team had to go home, um, our team of seven, um, because he broke the rules in quite a serious way. Um, And as a result, I had to move host homes. So I was living with a family, I had to change, um, which I really didn't want to do. And I felt really annoyed um, because I was leaving this family that I've just built relationships with. And um, and I I had to walk, instead of 10 minutes to get to the the place where we were working to walk 40 minutes and um and so but then i just prayed about it um and found real peace in it and then eventually just found so much joy in doing that long walk got to build even stronger relationships with my south african counterpart um got to see more of the village and more of creation um so yeah just god really made that a good thing even though i actually found it harder at the start than moving than leaving my family here <laughs> Which, no, no disrespect. To <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, that's that's a really telling comment. Thank you, Susie, very much no indeed. Worries. I appreciate your sharing. We'll hear a lot. We go through. So that film clip, Susie's stories, the testimony of John the Baptist. Let's just be still for a moment as we think about God and expectation. How does God want us to respond to his work in the world? It may not be what we are expecting, but God can sometimes make it possible for us to bring, for see thing, him bringing things out of those shattered expectations that maybe even are more important than what we'd hoped for. 
Can you think of a time in your own life when God has done that for you and with you? Or are you still in a place of waiting, standing firm in spite of the evidence, standing in expectation of the God who is sovereign, who is sovereign over us and over all things. Let's be still again. with an anonymous prayer and yet it could be written by each of us I asked for strength that I might achieve I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey I asked for health that I might do greater things I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches, that I might be happy. I was given poverty, that I might be wise. I asked for power, that I might have the praise of others. I was given weakness, that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things, that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I'd asked for, but everything I'd hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am, among all people, most richly blessed. I will be still and know you are God. Or may that be our prayer this Advent and through the Christmas rush. Let us see you in the unexpected this Christmas and stand firm in hope. Amen.